Welcome to the Breathe Mama podcast. I'm Christine and I'm your host. I'm a woman, a wife, a mama. I'm also an entrepreneur, an Enneagram 8, and a soul care coach. Our breath is foundational to every part of our well-being. This podcast will offer insights, stories, and truth-telling that I hope feels just like a big belly breath of air for your soul. We will embark on the worthy pursuit of purpose and presence in the little pauses. I hope to encourage and guide you to connect with and nurture the deepest parts of who you are so that we can show up as our truest, most healthy selves. And I believe we can do that best as a collective, together. Well, hello there. I am a little giddy tonight because I invested in my first piece of podcasting equipment. It was under $30 and I am pretty excited I don't have to hold my iPhone up to my mouth for the duration of this recording. If you've been following along or even if you haven't, I want to welcome you to episode 6. This is part 3 of my selfless self-care series. This week, we're going to address a sensitive and deeply personal topic, and that is expressing emotions. I actually wrote a poem today, so I thought I could start by sharing it. Waves upon waves lined with grief crash over me, heavy and cold. I come up above them, but for a moment, to only barely catch my breath, shallow and deep shallow breath, deep waters. I am able to find my footing, and then comes a small shaky step forward, one and then the other. I am both parched and drowning, parched and drowning. Thick anxiety drips off of my fingertips and hits the ground with the weight of a tall, tall mountain. Okay. Let's talk about emotions. Have you, like me, been feeling just about all the feels in 2020? Or maybe like me, you were navigating a really tough and dark season even before this year started. Are you, like me, feeling emotionally exhausted? I believe that our capacity for hard things is collectively lower in this season. Yes, we can, and we do do hard things, but we also can't do everything well all the time. Threadbare is the word that comes to mind, and a poignant visual for you, the bottom of my smart wool socks that I like to wear most. And I believe many of us really feel this way, spread thin, the strength of our boundaries nearly compromised, and hanging on by a questionable thread. So I tread humbly and lightly into this topic, but with a firm belief that most of us are, or want to be, ready to loosen the grip that our less desirable emotions have on our hearts and on our lives. And this requires space. As we've discussed in part one of this series, Clear Space, Our emotional and mental health is dependent on us finding and fighting for more margin in our lives, in our everyday. Imagine with me that we have an emotional cellar, or maybe it's a closet. 
It becomes a space within us that houses our emotions that we don't know what to do with, that we don't want. In this metaphor, it's in our emotional cellar that these difficult emotions can begin to pile up, where they can grow and intensify in the dark, hidden depths within. Now I want to affirm there is most certainly a place for healthy carp mentalization. And sometimes there are emotions that definitely do need to go into the dark cellar for some length of time. Of course, the danger in this is that before we're aware of it, our emotional cellar is full to the brim and begins to spill out. One indicator that your emotional cellar is overflowing could be something like this. Maybe an unexpected and disproportionate outburst or release of built up emotional energy at the slightest provocation. Can anyone else relate to this? I'm guessing it's not just me. The truth is that this is often a complex response, not only to the current situation, but actually to the accumulation of past situations not yet processed. So what is emotional expression? Our bodies were made to feel emotions. We get to choose if we express them or not. Feelings like sadness, anger, or joy are natural responses to the experiences that our brains process daily. Emotional expression is simply the acknowledgement of these emotions that we were built to feel. And healthy expression allows us to recognize and learn to understand these emotions, really feel them, and move on. The six basic emotions that humans are born with that we should all be able to recognize by name are anger, sadness, fear, disgust, surprise, and joy. Awareness of these emotions as they happen comes when we seek to understand how they make us feel in our physical bodies. It can also be important to identify patterns in specific situations that may trigger this response. And that assists in our processing of these emotions and allows us to let them go in a healthy and productive way. Emotional expression is critical to us living a whole, healthy life. It helps to rid bad feelings from our system. It prevents the fight or flight state that leads to health problems. And if we express our emotions, we can take back control of our minds from the stress that can often overwhelm it. Stress clouds our creativity. It impacts our connection to joy and to others negatively and can keep us in a dissociated daze of anxiety, confusion, and shame for far longer than it needs to. Did you know that stress physiologically increases pain perception? This immediately makes me think of the process of birth. I'm a doula, which can more simply be described as a birth coach for expectant mamas and their partners. I'm also a woman and a mama who's given birth three times, and all three of them were unmedicated on purpose. I share that because there is a delicate balance of hormones that is required for childbirth to go smoothly, and there are many pieces of that puzzle at play during labor and delivery. Now stress hormones can actually slow labor down, and they do this by reducing oxytocin, which you might know is the love hormone that we experience during sex and orgasm that we experience during active labor 
and that we experience when we breastfeed and hold our baby after giving birth. Catecholamines are our fight or flight hormones, and although these are very helpful in the second stage of labor when we need to push a baby out, earlier on they can counteract the endorphins, the adrenaline, and the oxytocin that's all working together to keep the birthing mama more comfortable and focused and her uterine contractions more effective. Surrendering your mind to your body can be one of the most difficult things you do in life. I did it in birth, and also to another extent, I did it when I agreed to pursue traditional cancer treatment after feeling very resistant to it and initially declining it. We want to feel in control, but in the case of birth, the less in control you actually are, the easier the process will be. The surrender that is required in birth is a rich illustration of the effectiveness of surrender in processing, expressing, and then releasing our less desired emotions. In psychology, affect tolerance basically means how much of an emotion you can tolerate, sit with, feel, without needing to take action to shut it down. It's understandable that we often cannot or just do not want to spend time with our icky, hard feelings. But here are a few reasons why increasing our affect tolerance is useful. Number one, difficult feelings. The only way for them to go away is to feel them. Now, the feelings do have to be within a person's window of tolerance. That is, the intensity of the emotion must fall somewhere in between avoiding and flooding. This quote-unquote sweet spot where the body can actually metabolize the feelings. I will also say that sitting with difficult feelings is a skill learned best from another more experienced human being like a trusted mentor or a therapist or a coach. Number two, we can't shut down pain without also closing the door to our pleasure. And it can feel very freeing when the old feelings are cleared. Number three, emotional repression creates chronic stress. And chronic stress lowers immune response and makes us vulnerable to physical illness. If you're interested in more information about this, Dr. Gabor Mate explores this connection at length in his book, When the Body Says No, Exploring the Stress-Disease Connection. Every emotion has a natural life cycle, or an arc. You can sort of picture a wave. It arises, peaks, and passes. You may connect with an emotion when it first rises, and then by saying yes to the emotion, you can allow it to express its full intensity. And if this ends up being tolerable, it can truly serve your healing. You get to strengthen your capacity to rest in a posture of gentleness toward yourself, one of self-compassion. But if you feel that this intensity might be overwhelming, then it may not be the time to say yes to that emotion. And that is okay too. There are two key questions to mindfulness. The first is, what is happening inside of me? The second, can I be with this? Or can I let this be? As Tara Brack says so succinctly, quote, our deeply grooved habits of no, our angry reactivity 
Anxious worry, defensiveness, addictive behavior, and blame keep us from living true to ourselves. End quote. If we can begin to interrupt these habits with a mindful, inviting presence, we can begin to access the power inherent in our yes to these emotions. To me, it feels like we are collectively growing more hypervigilant and thus more emotionally overworked. Hypervigilance is defined as an enhanced state of sensory sensitivity accompanied by an exaggerated intensity of behaviors whose purpose is to detect threats. It can look and feel like constant scanning of the environment for these threats and an abnormally increased awareness. The term hypervigilance is used in clinical settings, but I believe there's a very strong parallel to our current reality, living and many of us also parenting in the midst of a pandemic. So we find ourselves chronically in a heightened state of awareness in fight or flight and protection mode on behalf of ourselves and our families, including our children who are too young to do it for themselves. No wonder we're exhausted and anxious and angry and discouraged. It is all so, so much. And yet, we do get to choose how these emotions will affect us over the long haul. We can try new ways of recognizing and allowing the feelings that come up for us. We can learn to pause long enough to really see what's going on inside of us. And from our place above the waves, see it more clearly as we determine our next step in an effort to respond instead of react. I anticipate this will be a lifelong process for me and maybe for you too, but take heart. You are not alone. You are seen, you are loved, and you are held, my friend. I encourage you to set an intention to take a tiny step toward expressing your emotions more fully and more often this week. Connect with someone you trust about it and invite them in for support. We cannot and ought not do this on our own. When you get a chance, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me on my website, christineboy.com, via email at breathemamacollective at gmail.com or on Instagram or Facebook at breathemamacollective. Bye-bye for now and be well, fam. If you love this podcast, please subscribe. You'll get real-time updates when new episodes drop, and I would love to have you along for this ride. Feeling inspired? Share the love. Leave a review, send your friend a link to this episode, and please send me a message. Want to hang out with me more? I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, breathe, mama.